0: We have become such an insta culture instagram insta pot insta everything and so uh even if we were to just take a pause right now my producer would only allow that pause to be so long <laughs> well then the because, uh, the um, silence sense kicks in exactly. and we get this funny music bed yeah See? we don't want that yeah no right like exactly. we can only endure we're just not very patient So I want to talk for a moment about delayed gratification, delayed gratification, like waiting to enjoy the pleasures of sex when God grants the relationship of a marriage covenant or delayed gratification, like waiting until Christmas morning to open your gifts instead of sneaking a peek inside mom and dad's closet. I I don't know anybody uh, who's talking right now who might have done that as a child. Delayed gratification. Patience is uh, is learned. And it's something that is built upon the foundation of trust, trust in God to give us his good and righteous gifts at exactly the right time or trust in our parents uh, to give good gifts to their children. And so one um, very real manifestation of sin, in fact, uh, in fact, I think probably part of the manifestation of sin in the Garden of Eden itself was taking the good things of God, but taking them at the wrong time. I mean, God intends to give us the fruit of the tree of life. Uh, read, read the very end of the book of Revelation, if you don't believe me. But he did not intend that we did it in, you know, the beginning uh, uh, chapters of Genesis. So if you've ever read C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, you might recall a scene from The Voyage of the Dawn Treader where Diggory is tempted by the white witch to take a second apple from the tree that's at the center of the garden Um, That is fruit that the witch says would heal Diggory's mother, whom he dearly loves. And after much anguished consideration, uh, Diggory actually does make the right and righteous choice. He does not defy Aslan's instructions. And I would say that in that moment, Diggory's character is both revealed and formed. So our character is both revealed and formed when we demonstrate patience. Trusting God to give us his good gifts at the right time according to his good grace ultimately reveals our character and more fully forms it. But those are hard lessons to learn, uh, and we learn them, you know, one by one over time. So let me just uh, pose this question. For what are you impatient today? Or for what are you waiting in patience? That might be the other way of framing the question. I'm reminded of a reflection offered by Henry Nouwen on the subject of waiting with patience. He said they're not the same thing. Patience is not passive because patience is waiting on the one who is in a position to change things. Uh, patience is uh, not passive because you are waiting on the one who is in a position to change things. And when that one is God, you can wait through great suffering because we know that God is good. Now here I'll quote now and directly. The word patience comes from the Latin verb. Oh, I'll see I was going to quote him, but then I got to know how to say that Latin word. Uh, I I can't say it. Patori? Patori. You know, I took Latin for three years. I can't remember how to pronounce that. All right. It means to suffer. Now and again. Uh, Again, now and. um, Waiting patiently is suffering through the present moment, tasting it to the full, and letting the seeds that are sown in the ground on which we stand grow into strong plants. Waiting patiently always means paying attention to what is happening right before our eyes and seeing there the first rays of God's glorious coming. So in whatever you are waiting right now, are you waiting in patience or are you waiting in impatience? More on patience up next with Dr. Linda Mental. We'll be right back.
1: There was a snail called Herbert who was so very slow a lot of
0: traffic jams. Were- this is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove them right my song. Are- Joining me now, Dr. Linda Mental. You know her from the Dr. Linda Mental Show right here on the Faith Radio Network. You can also find her at drlindamental.com. Linda, welcome back. Hey, it's good to talk to you again. So, since you and I spoke last, we have had your husband on the program.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was really nice. We he had got a great to talk time. About his documentary series, Inexplicable. So, that was really fun. He enjoyed his time with you. And since then, my family and I have watched uh, two episodes of Inexplicable.
0: And so, we're excited about it.
2: Good, good. Well, it was a really great, he's, yeah. it's a great project to be involved in. There's there's a six a total. They're waiting to release number three until some of the COVID um, coverage is over, I think, a little bit. So it might be a little delayed getting the next one out. But um, yeah, it's a really exciting series. I hear him talking to people all over the world. And now that I'm home in a home office, and he's talking to people in Australia and China and all over the place um, as they're they're putting the finishing touches on the rest of the documentary. So Exciting to see how Christianity spread around the world and then what God is doing today very exciting, very exciting um,
0: so tell him we said hi when you uh, see him in just a moment um let 's talk about uh, let 's talk about patience and impatience. You have a post at dr linda dot com on the the topic of eight spiritual truths to help us in the midst of impatience. Tell us, um, tell us about the need for patience and maybe the reality of impatience in our lives.
2: Well, we have no choice right now. I think that's the most telling thing is that we're all we've all been forced into this waiting time. Uh, you know, I, I talked at the beginning of the post. We have to wait for toilet paper. We have to wait for sanitizer, which I still have not been able to get. Um, we have to wait in lines. Uh, it's been very interesting watching how they open up stores early and then people are in lines waiting to get in again. So there are lines and drive throughs Sometimes you, you drive by and you see like a line way out to the street uh, waiting for some type of a drive, you know, drive through a meal that people are doing. So we have had to wait whether we've liked it or not. And I think it's such an interesting interesting time because it's been forced on us because we have been like you said so impatient Carmen I mean if we don't get our fast food meal in the line within a minute we get really upset with the people that are working there if I don't get my Starbucks fast enough on the mobile order then I get upset because it's making me a minute late for getting in the car we've been conditioned in this culture for instant instant gratification instant this and really reinforced um, on instant because you think about the way the phone has changed our, our lives. We immediately, when we hear that ding or ping or whatever we have on our phone for a text, we immediately are conditioned to look at it, constant interruptions, not waiting for anything. We don't even wait to answer our phone a lot of times during a family meal. So I think this has been such a reversal of that. It is forcing everybody to really slow down. And I liked what you said about it not being a passive process, because that was one of the points I made. It really is. You really have to be diligent to wait and to um, have an expectancy that something good is going to happen. I liked what you said about, you know, Christmas, because when, when I was a kid, we had to go to my grandparents. First, we had to go to church and we always opened our gifts on Christmas Eve. So it was a different tradition maybe than Christmas morning for some people. But we would have to go to church first. Then we had to go over to my grandparents. And my grandfather was a pastor, so he would get really into the Christmas story and talking to us. And we had to diligently sit there, be patient, wait. And then we had to drive home before we could even begin the the gift opening. So we had a lot of waiting during that time. Um, And it was probably good for us in terms of what it taught us later in life.
0: You can only uh, give to your children what you have. And so I I guess I'm curious to examine the question of whether or not adults who don't wait for anything can cultivate within their children such a character quality.
2: Yeah, I think this is something to look at. One of the things that we are seeing among like teenagers and college students, especially in the college age, they are having a lot of trouble tolerating distress And a lot of that is because they have to wait for results. They have to wait for something to happen. And in the meantime, they don't know how to regulate their emotions and calm themselves down. And I think in some ways that's reflective of parents who have also gotten impatient or are worried about competition, who are saying, you know, I can do that for you or I'll get that done or let me call the school or you need to address that. Parents who, for their own issues, whatever their own issues are, Um, and and have been helicoptering a lot of kids in, in their parenting styles, they're not helping the matter of teaching their children how to wait. Because if you watch your parents and you see how they have to wait for things, my dad was really good at this. My dad had a philosophy financially that if we didn't have cash, now I know this is archaic, people will think, but if we didn't have cash, we're not buying it. So we had to wait for a lot of things in our life until we actually had the cash because my dad refused to go into debt. He just had that that type of um, I think he came out of the depression. And I think that was it really influenced him. But we had to wait for things a lot. And when my my kids were um, getting they wanted cell phones much earlier than we wanted them to have them. And we just kept telling them, you know, there's no need for this. We're not going to give them to you at this point. You're going to have to wait. Well, everybody around them had cell phones. And so my my famous line to them always was, well, isn't that great? Because then if you really need us in an emergency, someone next to you has one. So we won't have to worry about that. (laughs) That was part of our uh, our (laughs) thinking about this. And uh, they had to wait. And they were, um, it was hard. I mean, it was hard because they're constantly complaining, kind of whining, telling us why they need this, how their life is going to be ruined, you know, socially, all this stuff. And we really had to put on that persistence of no, we have a goal, there's an expectancy of what we want, we don't want you so dependent on that right now. And we're going to wait for it. And I think that lesson, as small as it sounds, did really pay off because I did see them develop some of that um, perseverance of waiting later on in life.
0: All right. To read the entire post, we want you to go to DrLindaMental.com. There are eight spiritual truths to help impatience. When uh, when Linda and I return, we're going to pivot and we're going to talk about loneliness in social distancing. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing my conversation with Dr. Linda Mental, you can find her at DrLindaMental.com. Linda, let's talk about loneliness and let's talk about overcoming the loneliness of social distancing. Um, We are social creatures and this is getting weird.
2: It is. And our brain is wired for other people. And it's uh, that's a, a big concern because of not just because of you know being in a crowd but you can you need other people you need interaction with other people you need to be able to touch at some point other people again i was talking to um, pastor Simbola, who's the pastor of uh, brooklyn tab the other day and he was saying that he's just he's just dying to put his hands on a person and pray over them and and you know have that personal touch because that is how we're created. I mean, God is three in one. God is in relationship. You know, Jesus, the Holy Spirit and God, they're three in one. It's a hard concept to sometimes think about, but he created us to be in relationship with him and then in relationship with others. And when we don't have that type of interaction uh, with other people, it's so interesting to me from a brain science point of view, because are if we're experiencing the the lack of interaction, if we're feeling rejection or isolation, the same pathways in the brain get activated that are there for physical pain as well, which is why people talk about feeling so physically bad when they're in the middle of feeling alone and lonely. So this is something that is a big concern, and hopefully we can we can get started to get things going again where we can talk to people. But I think one of the ways that you begin, and we've been making a very intentional effort to do this, Carmen, during this time, is we need to call and FaceTime and talk to people on a regular basis. We've we've caught up with friends from all over the country, and it's been delightful. It's not the same as being with them. It's not the same as interacting with them and sharing a meal or going into a Sunday school class or something like that. But at least with the technology, you can see people, you can talk to people. And I think that's one of the first things that people need to continue to do is to make sure that you're calling people, talking to people, using this time to reconnect uh, with people that maybe you needed to do that with in the past. So
0: I think that um, you and I would both make the observation that to be alone is not necessarily to be lonely. I think for those of us who... I mean, I didn't marry until what many people would consider very late in life after I was 40. And um, I never would have described myself as lonely, even though I was alone. Um, but I was very satisfied in my relationship with the Lord. Um, I never had a sense that, uh, you know, that I was um, alone apart from him. I do think that part of the loneliness crisis that we're experiencing in the, in the country right now is that we have an inordinate number or percentage of people who don't have an active relationship with God. And so they don't even know how to commune with him. They don't know how to feel his enveloping presence. They don't know how to crawl up into the Father's lap um, and, and enjoy the fellowship of, of the Spirit. They just don't know how to do that.
2: Right, and that is, a I think, a part of our culture that you're not going to hear a whole lot about on other radio stations or TV outlets or media that is secular, because they're not acknowledging the importance, importance of that intimacy with God. I mean, it's exactly what you say, my daughter is still single, and she's like you described, you know, she's very fulfilled, she has a deep relationship with the Lord. Um, you know, that, that sense of always having the presence of God in your life. That's the beauty of Christianity. That's one of the things I don't understand why people wouldn't at least try it, because you always have this presence of the internal God. And then you begin to read Psalms where he says, I am a help in times of trouble. Well, You know, it's the, you've got a friend. I mean, it's James Taylor to God, you know, when you're down and you're troubled, when you need a helping hand, where do you go? You go to God who you can tangibly feel his presence. Now, I I know there are seasons where we we don't have that sense of feeling his presence or those dark nights of the soul that people talk and write about. But generally speaking, you feel the presence of the Lord. And there is something that science can't describe that is transforming about that, where you you feel his presence, you know his presence. And it's very hard to I- I express to people that you just have a peace when you're in that, that presence of the Lord. It's like everything else melts away when you're in that deep place of communion with God. So that is one of the things that we have to be able to do during this pandemic is to make sure that we are keeping ourselves spiritually spiritually strengthened i think because there's been a there's been a spiritual anti-spiritual virus in our country that has really infected the culture and the antidote for that is to get deep within our own walk with the lord get into repentance for the things that maybe we are starting to see in our quietness we talked about waiting and and not being so busy maybe during our quietness we can have a deep time with the lord start examining our heart in saying, God, where have I been crouching you, you know, getting you out of the way so I can do my thing? Maybe it's time for us to reverse that and just start thinking about, Lord, what is it you're revealing to me that is my work here for your glorification? And how do I do that? How do I model that and be that person to the people around me? I love that. Um I think that you and I
0: will um, not try to do a third conversation, but we will send people to um, to your website, drlindamental.com dot com. The other thing that I had hoped to talk about today is this piece on ten ways to survive your family during quarantine. So that's not a loneliness issue. That's a <clears throat> that's too much time together for some of us. <laughs> uh, and so let me just encourage people to go check it out, drlindamental.com dot Uh, The final piece that I was going to direct people to today, 10 ways to survive your family during quarantine. Linda, thank you as always.
2: So great to talk to you. Hey, take care. Stay safe. Likewise. We'll talk next time. We'll be right back.
0: Okay. As a person who falls into that category that John was just describing there, um, let me say amen. Amen. Okay. Um, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is going to return to work today after battling COVID-19. Officials are saying that the UK is not ready to lift its lockdown measures and it's going to work on increasing its coronavirus testing capacity. Other countries are already opening up. Switzerland is going to allow some businesses to open up. I'm a little jealous uh, because um, hairdressers are on that list, and I certainly need to go see the gal who takes care of my uh, gray. Let's see. In New Zealand, they have uh, opened up schools and they have eased restrictions on recreational activities. Italy, which you will remember, weathered one of the worst coronavirus outbreaks, is going to begin lifting lockdown measures next week. Um, We're going to talk about all kinds of things going on around the world. That's up next with David Aikman, editor of Godspeed Magazine. We'll be right back. I do love our listeners. I love how uh, freely you all have been sharing with me this morning on our text line. Remember, that's always open, 877-933-2484. Um, during my conversation about delayed gratification, Jan weighed in. Hey, the French are really good at this. Maybe we could learn from them. Uh, later on, um, a, a listener texted in, in terms of the conversation that we were having about patience and waiting. Imagine what our persecuted brothers and sisters who are waiting around the world, um, experiencing suffering, uh, and how they apply that in prayer. Good thing for us to be learning. Amen. And then, um, and then Anne, with this recommendations on how I might cover my own gray at home. There you go. Our listeners always sharing. We are a listener-supported ministry, and we do something uh, in the spring and in the fall that we call share. It's an intentional time during which we invite you, the listeners, uh, to share the resources of your life and labor with this ministry in order that we might not only continue doing what we're doing every single day, but expand the ministry reach of this uh now digital platform ministry as well it will not surprise you to learn that more and more people are listening not only to uh my faith radio stations but more and more increasingly listening online and then sharing the podcasts with others this is uh, a ministry that we do with you not just for you but with you and so we'd invite you to join us in uh in our share campaign the spring fundraiser and you can do so by going to MyFaithRadio.com and clicking the Donate Now button. You could also text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back.
1: This is Max Locato. Our minds cannot be full of God and, at the same time, full of fear. Don't get lost in your troubles. Lift up your eyes. He will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in Him, those whose thoughts turn off to the Lord. Are you troubled, restless, sleepless? Then rejoice in the Lord's sovereignty. I dare you, I double-dog dare you, to expose your worries to an hour of worship. Your concerns will melt like ice on an August sidewalk. Jeremiah draws a direct connection between faith and peace. He says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river." And will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. Jeremiah seventeen seven and eight. This is Max Locato.
3: My name is Bond, James Bond.
0: Joining me now, Dr. David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine. Welcome back, sir.
3: Thank you very much, Carmen. Nice to be on the show again.
0: Well, oh, it's always lovely to talk with you. Let's uh, let's talk about something that maybe for a period of time we weren't sure was going to happen, but now has happened, and that is that Israel has formed a unity government.
3: Yes, that's amazing. Um, it solves several problems. First of all, the split between uh the blue-white party of uh, Benny Gantz, and the Conservative Party, the Lukud party of uh, Bibi Netanyahu, because the division in the election result really threatened to destabilize Israel for yet another year while they predicted another election. But this time we have Bibi is going to serve out a year and a quarter uh, Prime ministership and then it will be the turn of Guinea then again so I think that's a very good compromise
0: yeah so essentially they're each taking half of the three-year uh, term and I don't know maybe we can assume at the end of that 18 months that Israel's longest serving uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu might um, might I don't know retire. I don't know. That might be that might be uh, considerable speculation at this point. But it is a um, it is a wonderful it's a wonderful um, example of uh, of how people are seeking to work together in the midst of of a crisis and seeking to do what's best for their people.
3: That's absolutely true. And I'm wondering, Carmen, whether it would have happened if Israel hadn't been afflicted with the. Coronavirus epidemic, uh, as much as any other country in the region, I think it's put them all on a a kind of humbled position and a very cooperative attitude.
0: Let's um let's pivot our attention to Europe. Um, Europe's economy certainly hit hard. Um, but it doesn't look like in Europe jobs have disappeared in the same way they have disappeared here in the United States.
3: Yes, that's true. I think one of the reasons is that Europe has a socialized um, uh, health system, and so people are not so uh, threatened when they get sick because they can get free health care. But in the United States, if you don't have health insurance, you're very vulnerable to all kinds of things that happen and also the flexibility of the American economy allows for rapid expansion when things are going well, but it allows for very serious contraction when things aren't as it as is the case in this Virus situation. So let's let's hope they can find the best way of compromising between as full employment as possible and as careful evaluation of the health risks.
0: Anything else uh, on the European front that you want to uh, you want to talk about today? I know that there are. Um, some challenges in terms of reaching an agreement related to economic recovery in the EU. Maybe that does not surprise us. Um, Anything you want to talk about as Boris Johnson returns to work today?
3: Well, yes, Boris returned to Downing Street sounding as a as if he had just been selected for the pop club at Eton. I mean, he's (laughs) willing to go back into, into order. But he has a very serious challenge how to calibrate the speed with which the economy can be reopened with the risk of in, of creating a second peak of the virus if there's a second peak in uh, infection, which could well happen. Everybody's talked about two peaks of this. So he's got to judge the... Different pressures very carefully
0: to make sure he does right. All right, David. How about we um, take a very brief break and when we come back? Let's talk about what is uh, what's going on in India, where the coronavirus is being blamed on Muslims, um, and then would love to to talk with you about um, food security around the globe and the threat of widespread starvation if we uh, if, if this pandemic season last much longer. Those conversations up next with David Aikman. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We tend to think of the term missionary as uh, only being applied to Christians, but Muslims um, have a missionary faith as well. Muslims uh, are conversion-interested, and in India, that is not only illegal, but very much unwelcome. David uh, Aikman is here. Let us turn our attention, David, to the plight of Muslims in India. They are a religious minority there. They're the second, uh, actually the largest religious minority in the nation of of India, which is Hindu and has a very nat- nationalistic Hindu government right now. Um, what What's going on in terms of Muslim missionaries and uh and the coronavirus. Paul, are you having a hard time hearing David? So um so here's what I'm uh, here's what I'm reading. I'm particularly just reading this today from uh from NPR. Um Muslims are being, uh, those who have a missionary faith in particular, are being accused of intentionally seeking to spread the coronavirus among the Hindu population. And obviously that's, you know, not what they're doing. They are trying in uh, in understanding of their faith to share what they believe with others. Um, but that is not how it is being received. And so when we talk about religious liberty and we talk about the concern for religious freedom around the globe. As Christians, we have to be just as interested in the religious freedom of others to be evangelistic about their faith as we uh, want to be free to be evangelistic about our own faith. And so even though I obviously wholeheartedly disagree um, with with the Islamic understanding of things, I do recognize that they have a right to share their worldview uh, and their understanding of God with others. And so if Muslims are being um, beaten, and accused of uh, things which are certainly not true in an effort to stamp out uh, this religious expression, then you and I, as people who desire to have religious freedom and desire for people around the globe to be able to express uh, evangelistically the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, then we also need to be concerned when others of who are religious minorities come under attack. So I just wanted to Lift up and elevate that story as well today um all right while we're waiting for David to come back I'm gonna actually all right well um David um so i have uh, I have covered as thoroughly as I knew how the story out of India, but I will invite you to uh, to give your input as well
3: well, what I was basically saying when the sound went very low was that Muslims have been particularly antagonized by a new immigration bill, which was not giving immigration status to Pakistani Muslims, or at least Muslims coming in from Bangladesh, and added to which they were then, Muslims as a whole, were blamed for bringing in coronavirus uh, because of some not very hygienic practices that some of them had in entering Muslim temples. So this is a a very unpleasant situation of prejudice when the Hindu majority population is beginning to blame Muslims for the virus when they didn't actually have responsibility for starting it at all.
0: And let's um, turn our attention to this very disturbing headline uh, related to global food insecurity. Coronavirus pandemic could put 265 million worldwide at risk of starvation. I don't think this is yes. a surprise to anyone who um, who considers the, uh, the, the sort of cascading impacts of a global pandemic, but tell us what's going on here.
3: Well, the trouble is that in the third world, many ordinary workers do get money from simple trade activities and they depend absolutely for their daily intake of income from successfully being allowed to trade and barter and sell and so forth. But uh, in India, this situation has become very difficult and in many other parts of the world, in Africa as well. So unless governments are able to provide some kind of uh, support system to undergird the lowest-earning citizens in the whole country, we're going to see the danger of uh, starvation in many different parts of the world.
0: And we are um, still waiting on some updated news related to a second massive locust swarm uh, across the northern portion of the continent of Africa, and just how many hundreds of millions of people will um, be added to this this sort of risk of starvation um, right. number uh, if in fact that locust swarm uh, is as big as as some are predicting all right, one more story uh, before we let you go, and that is uh the north korea there was uh, it was rumored that Kim Jong-un had actually uh, died. That is apparently not true. But it does surface the conversation about who would succeed him.
3: Yes. North Korea is an incredibly closed society. It's dramatically sealed. And there's been speculation about uh, the possibility of, of his sister assuming power. That's very unlikely because North Koreans as a whole have a real prejudice to, a prejudice against being ruled by a woman. So either King jong on is going to survive, and uh, we hope we wish him good health, uh, because he hasn't yet accepted the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I think many people would like him to accept, or he's going to be off for several weeks um, and we hope that the situation will stabilize as he gradually finds himself back holding the, the the norms of power and so on.
0: David, you always turn our attention in the right direction. I feel fairly confident that there uh, were a number of listeners, including myself, uh, whose first thought was not, you know, we need to be praying for his health because he has not yet um you know, he has not yet received the gospel. He has not yet accepted Christ, and we don't want anyone uh, to spend eternity separated from God uh, in, in that way. Thank you, as always, for joining us, for turning our attention toward um, the larger conversations and the and the meta-narrative of the gospel. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Carmen. Enjoy, doing so.
0: We'll be right back. So I had an interesting experience at the uh, very end of last week, um, uh, and uh, I was doing um, food pickup at the distribution, which is taking place at our uh, at our local school. And my family is is not in need of that government food assistance, but we have a family who is in need and is not able to go and procure those items for themselves. And so I am going and picking that up. Let me tell you, I got um, I got waylaid by somebody who you know is accusing me of taking advantage, and you know why are why are you doing? And and so let me just say, if you're listening right now, don't assume that you know why that person is in line picking up that food, or stopping by that food distribution center, or um, or why that particular individual who you judge to you know have sufficient resources or whatever. Don't don't assume that you know why they're at the food bank. And um, even if they are there for themselves, um, maybe that is the way that God intends on this particular day for them to receive their daily bread. Let us be praying for one another, uh, God's grace in all of its sufficient measure, no matter how he chooses to distribute it. And so as you pray today, give us this day our daily bread. Let us be praying that for others as well. Don't, Don't have a hard heart. Don't have a stiff neck don't be begrudging people the goodness of neighborly uh, affection. Um, If you're bothered by the fact that somebody is in line getting food assistance, um, that's probably a heart check for you right there. Just pause and do a little heart check, uh, because that may be the way that God intends to supply for the needs of that individual or through that individual for the needs of others. Let's um, Let's be people motivated today by goodness and grace. Have a great day, and God bless.